0: A marvelous Monday to each of you, and welcome to the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. It was another exciting week for the Grizzlies roster, at least, despite the fact that the Grizzlies themselves did not play a game on a, on a what was a, a pretty significant Saturday. Unfortunately, some more action when it comes to the Grizzlies injury list. We'll have this plus preview and the start to the week and a tough January for the Grizzlies. All that and much more on this edition of the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. Here we go you are locked on grizzlies your daily memphis grizzlies podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day Happy New Year and welcome to the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. My name is Sean Coleman. I've been covering the Grizzlies now in my fourth season, right form over at Grizzly Bear Blues, your host here at Locked On Grizzlies, your Grizzlies every single day. Hope you had a great 2021. It was a great 2021, obviously for the, obviously for the Grizzlies, for the show as well. You can find the show wherever you find podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. The Odyssey app, free on all platforms, right here on YouTube as well. Hit that subscribe button below. Let us know you enjoy the show. Let's others be able to find the show. Just makes the show overall the best it can be. And, of course, you can find myself at StatsACC, the show at Locked on Grizz. If you're new to the show, welcome. Hello, my name is Sean Coleman. It's a pleasure to be with you. If you've been with us now for a while, thank you so much for being along for the ride. And Hopefully 2022 is going to be the best yet. And we can't thank you enough for making Locked on Grizzlies your First listen of the day. For your second listen, make sure to check out the Locked On NBA podcast. Getting into a new year, getting into trade season. And obviously, with so much going on with health and safety protocols, plus news all around the league, make sure you check out the Locked On NBA podcast. As your second listen of the day. So for the second straight weekend, it was the Grizzlies making news off the court on a holiday instead of them playing. Of course, last weekend, it was announced that the Grizzlies had signed Shat Buchanan and Tyrell Terry. Those were the first of what now has been four 10-day hardship agreements for the Grizzlies due to all of the players right now that are in health and safety protocols. We'll discuss that in just a moment. But on January 1st, which was this past Saturday, once again, a bit more of a significant, you know, a couple of moves when it came to the Grizzlies roster now and for the future. Killian Tilly, who had been on a two-way contract um, this year so far, he actually was, if you want, promoted, maybe the best word, but basically he became a fixture on the roster moving forward, agreeing to a two-year. $4 million deal going through the end of next year. It's certainly more than deserved. Killian Tilly has been outstanding for the Grizzlies. Now, listen, I know that he's not putting up a bunch of big box or numbers, and I know that he's you know not getting a lot of playing time. But when I say outstanding, what I mean is, is that considering the role that he has had to step into – over the past basically 2 to 3 weeks because of all the players that have missed tilly has not only showed that he has the shooting chops that you know basically made him so attractive once it came to his talent, but he also has shown an ability to defend well. He's shown an ability to be a source of activity when it comes to blocks and steals. He's shown the ability to be more than just a shooter, someone that can truly make a difference down low at the rim for the Grizzlies. And though the Grizzlies have plenty of big bodies, you don't know what may happen over the next year in terms of trades, in terms of, you know, so, you know, Kyle Anderson may walk, what have you. So the Grizzlies were able to sign Tilly to a very, very affordable contract to make him at least a at the back end of the rotation right now. And he could be someone that could step up into a bigger role next year if a roster spot allows for it. Think of basically him being a front court version of John Conchar, who also has really stood out after signing a very affordable deal for the Grizzlies a year ago. So it's really exciting to see Killian Tilly step into a roster spot. It's exciting to see, as it was mentioned last year, as it's been mentioned many times over the past year, Killian Tilly not being drafted in the 2020 draft was not a knock on his talent. His talent has always been there. For Killian Tilly, the big key was was for him to be able to stay on the court. He's been able to do that this year, and he's been able to make the most of it, and he's getting rewarded for his efforts. So with him coming to the roster, to basically be a fixture of the roster now to have a full-time NBA contract, that opened up a two-way spot. So the Grizzlies converted the hardship contract of Tyrell Terry into that two-way spot that was left free by Killian Tilly. And again, this is a significant move. The Grizzlies a year ago, as I mentioned last week, at the beginning of last week, when they signed Tyrell Terry, the Grizzlies have had interest in Terry for quite a while. He was someone they worked out. Before the 2020 draft, he's someone that was drafted right behind Desmond Bain at 31 after the Grizzlies drafted Bain. Of course, the Grizzlies made the right decision when it came to drafting Bain. But the big thing about it is this, is that Tyrell Terry going into that two-way spot, that means that the Grizzlies are seriously intrigued by Tyrell Terry's skill set, I believe. And they have every reason to. You have many... Across the draft community, who were very, very interested, who had a lot of good things to say about the shooting potential of Tyrell Terry, but also for his point guard skills as well. Possibly not someone that you would consider a long term starter, but when it comes to the Grizzlies, and you see the fact that Tyus Jones is in the final year of his contract. He's playing very well, so he may go out on the market this upcoming offseason and command 8 to $10 million a year. If the Grizzlies don't necessarily want to pay that, they're taking a chance on Tyrell Terry, potentially being someone that in some way, shape, or form may even be able to fit into the rotation himself next year and potentially log some point guard minutes. Now, That is a very ideal, best-case scenario way of looking at things. Again, at the end of the day, you may not see much of Tyrell Terry at all. He just simply could be on a two-way contract for the rest of this year and then move on. But the thing to remember is this, is that with Killian Tilly and Tyrell Terry, yes, there's value in both of these players. There's potential in both of these players beyond just their ability to shoot. But Their biggest strengths are their ability to shoot. And the reason why the Grizzlies have interest in putting them into the equation for now and potentially into the future is because of how good Taylor Jenkins has worked with this roster, how up and down this roster, players of different levels from jaw all the way down to John Conchar, how much Taylor Jenkins has done to improve the shooting overall for just about everybody. On this roster, and now you have that ability with with um, Jenkins to now work closely now with Killian Tilly and Tyrell Terry on a regular basis to take advantage of their shooting potential. That's really really encouraging and could lead to some exciting things. Again, I don't think that Tilly or Tyrell Terry ever become more than into the rotation or you know back into the rotation type players. But if you can get the if you can make those type of fines on cheap contracts. Every year going forward, that's going to become more and more valuable. So hopefully the Grizzlies have once again found some good talents to build on in both Tyrell Terry and Killian Tilly. But while those were a few good revelations in the month of December, the fact that the Grizzlies were able to get Killian Tilly into the rotation and he was able to hold his own, the fact that they were able to get Tyrell Terry into the into the organization. Finally, obviously what stood out about the month in December was how successful it was. Arguably one of the best months in franchise history. The Grizzlies won 12 games in the month of December. The first time that they have won 12 games since January of 2015. So basically six years. This was the best month in terms of wins the Grizzlies had had in six years. You also have to consider the fact that they were without jaw. But the fact that they've been without Dylan Brooks and DeAnthony Melton and others for several games, this actually was the Grizzlies' second highest offensive rating month in franchise history. The highest that they ever had was in April of this of 2021, and it actually was the Grizzlies' best net rating, according to Basketball Reference Stathead. It was the Grizzlies' best net rating in a month where they played 10 or more games in franchise history. So this wasn't just some fluke. This wasn't just some week or two. This literally was one of the best months we've seen the Grizzlies play basketball in franchise history. As a result, you should see John Morant potentially win a player of the week, hopefully later on today, or you should see Taylor Jenkins win coach of the year. But the winning for the Grizzlies came at the right time and the reason why that is is because as successful as December was and as exciting as it was to see it came at the right time because thankfully the Grizzlies have a bit of wiggle room because coming into January they're gonna they've been dealt a tough deck of cards not only in terms of their schedule which we'll get to in just a moment but also the latest news when it comes to health and safety protocols we'll discuss that here in just a moment so of course signing Killian Tilly to the roster Tyrell Terry, now on that two-way contract, the Grizzlies just keep building up options that they can use at different points in time to find success. Well, that describes Bilt Bar perfectly. Yes, we're in a new year, but Built Bar remains the same type of benefit to you on a daily basis, having the morning for breakfast, having the afternoon as a snack. But the great thing is, if you go to built.com, your options actually are great, because you can choose from over 18 different flavors. And you can go to build.com, put in the promo code LOCK15, choose from over 18 different flavors, plus Get 15% off your next order from Bar. On tomorrow's edition of the Locked On Grizzlies podcast, we're going to be re-looking at this game against the Nets. The Grizzlies have a very tough task in front of them tonight in Brooklyn. But, of course, they turn right around on Tuesday night, and they'll face off against another very talented team for the second time this year in the Cleveland Cavaliers. Back-to-back nights of some very tough teams from the East. We'll review this Nets game, plus preview the game against the Cavs on Tuesday's edition of the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. So yes, December was a highly successful month and it thankfully has led to bigger commitments to two very talented players, Killian Tilly, as well as Tyrell Terry. But of course, the other thing that certainly helped out the Grizzlies for much of the month is that they weren't as impacted by COVID as other teams have been over the past few weeks. Well, now, unfortunately, it seems like the Grizzlies luck has has run out a bit. Kyle Anderson yesterday became the sixth person to go on the um, current injury list right now with health and safety protocols. Zaire Williams has since exited. He's now doubtful. So Zaire Williams potentially could be close to returning himself, which will be a bit of a help. It's good to see that he's gotten over his ankle injury, but it also is out of health and safety protocols. And Eve Pons also was out. So that's, that's two players that the Grizzlies, thankfully, don't have to worry about. But Kyle Anderson now, over the past month, becomes the ninth Grizzlies player to have gone on the um, injury list due to health and safety protocols. Currently, the Grizzlies are going to be without Kyle Anderson, Shat Buchanan, Dylan Brooks, John Conchar, De'Anthony Melton, and Xavier Tillman. Now, the idea or the hope is, is that while it may not be over the next few days, the Grizzlies will be able to get De'Anthony Melton and Dylan Brooks back as the amount of time that players have to be out has shortened since they went on the COVID list. And we now, yesterday on Sunday, that was a full week of them being on the health and safety protocol list, so perhaps DeAnthony Melton and Dylan Brooks will come back at some point this week. That is at least one encouraging thing. But without a doubt, the Grizzlies' depth, which has been a big strength of theirs for much of 2021, right now that is lacking a bit due to health and safety protocols. And so they're just going to have to manage the best that they can until they get some of their until they get some of their best players back. Hopefully, starting with Dylan Brooks and DeAnthony Melton. Over the next few days, make sure to stick here. We'll have the latest for you whenever that occurs. But the other big thing that stands out and Taylor Jenkins mentioned this towards the uh, multiple times towards the middle of December is that December being as, as successful of a month as it was, it could not have come at a better time because now the Grizzlies have a bit, a bit of wiggle room to where the inevitable has now occurred, where they are being severely hampered by health and safety protocols because their their January schedule is not going to be anything to take lightly. They play the Nets tonight; they play the Nets on Monday night, and then they'll turn right around and play the Cavaliers on Tuesday, and and, and then the Grizzlies will on Thursday they'll head back to Memphis. They'll play the Pistons. They'll play a, a pretty short-handed Clippers team as well. So the Pistons and Clippers probably are not going to be as tough of matchups as the Nets and Cavaliers are, but the Clippers are right there in the fifth spot in the West. But the Grizzlies, after they, they after they played the Nets tonight and the Cavaliers tomorrow night, they'll head back to Memphis for two home games, and then they'll head right back out to the West Coast next week. To face the Clippers and the Lakers next weekend to face the Clippers on back-to-back night. So the Grizzlies start off this week with back-to-back games in Brooklyn and in Cleveland. They go back to Memphis to play uh the Pistons on Thursday. And then, excuse me, they actually head back out west next weekend to play the Clippers and the Lakers. So the Grizzlies are going to have five games over the next seven days, including two back-to-back road games. They'll be on the road tonight and tomorrow night, and they'll be once again on the road uh, on Saturday and Sunday night. So it's going to be a very tough schedule, not only in terms of who they're playing, but also in terms of the fact that they're going to be on the road quite a bit. And they're not going to have a lot of rest this week. So a busy week for the Grizzlies. It's going to be a pretty tough week as well. Then after they get past this week, next week on January 11th, they'll welcome the Warriors and then the Timberwolves and then the Mavericks and then the Bulls. So thankfully, after this week, where they're going to have a lot of action on the road, next week, yes, they will have four straight home games, but you're also looking at three at you know four teams, three of which right now are clearly in the playoff run. The Timberwolves still have playoff aspirations, but thankfully all four of those games will be at home. And then after that, the Grizzlies will face the Bucks, the Nuggets, the Mavericks once again the Spurs, the Jazz, the Wizards, and the 76ers. So the whole point of this is, is that without John Moran at the start of December, one of the things that certainly helped out the Grizzlies was the fact that they were playing a pretty manageable schedule, and they took advantage of it by all means. At the end of the day, right now, with how teams are being impacted by COVID, who cares how strong a team is or is not? The goal is to win, and you see now why it was so important for the Grizzlies to win, not only at the rate that they did, but also the fact that in there, they were also able to get some key victories, such as against the Suns and the Lakers and the Mavericks and other play, the Clippers and other playoff teams as well, because they were able to put themselves in a very good position. Because now the Grizzlies clearly are, are starting what will be their toughest month remaining on the schedule with plenty of playoff teams that they're going to be going against. A couple of good things, though, is that after this, after uh, next weekend or this upcoming weekend, when the Grizzlies play the Clippers and the Lakers, if my memory serves me correct, I believe that's the only time they will have, that they won't have to go back out to the West Coast. They won't have to go back out to California and such anymore this season because they've already made several West Coast road trips over the past two months. So that's one positive thing. And the other big thing is, is that the Grizzlies have plenty of experience playing against top tier teams to where they're going to be competitive. But you have to hope that the Anthony Melton and Dylan Brooks certainly come back as soon as possible. Because one big key is this, is that when, as the Grizzlies are going to be facing tougher teams, you would bet the Grizzlies, that these other teams, they're going to put as much emphasis as possible to stop the backcourt combination of Ja Morant and Desmond Bain. Other teams are going to start doing all that they can to make Jaron Jackson Jr. have to step up, to make someone off the bench have to step up, like Tyus Jones and Brandon Clark did with a combined 35 points on Friday evening. Other teams are going to have to make the Grizzlies do that more often, to be able to beat them. And with the Grizzlies playing better teams for much of this, for much of January, those teams likely will have success at times, stopping Bain and stopping Morant for stretches, or at least containing them. And the Grizzlies are going to have to go to other options. Obviously, if you can get Melton and Brooks back, that obviously makes your defense stronger. But the other big key thing is, is that inserting Brooks and Melton back into the lineup that hopefully should get the Grizzlies' three-point shooting more consistent, and that could be a counter. That could be another aspect of the offense for the Grizzlies to feature if Morant and Bain are contained a bit. So it's going to be a very tough month, and the Grizzlies are going to have to tread water water likely over the next seven to ten days at least. And who knows? It seems like every other day a new Grizzlies player is going on health, on the injury list due to health and safety protocols. I'm sure we haven't seen the last of it. Hopefully, though, we're getting over the hump of where it's going to be the most frequent, the most crowded. And once we get Melton and Brooks and Conchar back, hopefully it'll stay away from Jaron and Bain and, and uh, John Moran, obviously. And the Grizzlies can get some of their depth back in the coming days. But for right now, as Taylor Jenkins and as the roster constantly preach, they take it a day at a time. And right now, it's a th- it's an important philosophy to follow with as tough of an opponent waiting for the Grizzlies as is in the Brooklyn Nets. We'll discuss that in just a few moments. So the thing I'll say though is this, is that with the Grizzlies having as good of a December as they had, it truly does show that the Grizzlies ended 2021 on a very encouraging note. As I mentioned, December was the second best offensive rating this Grizzlies team has ever had in franchise history. In April of last year, that was their top offensive rating. So within a span of 8 months, Taylor Jenkins has produced the two best offensive months statistically. In franchise history, you're also seeing the emergence of Desmond Bain in his shooting prowess. Arguably, now the best shooter in franchise history. You're seeing nearly every game on Friday night. John Morant set the uh, franchise record for most twenty points twenty point halves in a season, and he's literally only played twenty five games. The Grizzlies are Desmond Bain is starting to prove the Grizzlies have ever never had a shooter like him. And John Morant is proving that the Grizzlies have never had a score like him. And for that reason, you're seeing the team as a whole set offensive marks that you've never seen in franchise history before. So for me, that probably is the biggest takeaway from 2021 going into 2022. As I mentioned, in the offseason, this could be the deepest three-point shooting roster we have seen this Grizzlies franchise ever feature. Now, it struggled. it struggled a bit, you know, at, over the past few weeks. But, of course, the, a big reason why is because it's lost some of its best shooters. But for the offense as a whole, with the fact that the shooting is still a work in progress, seeing them end on the note that they did in December going into January is very, very encouraging. But they're going to need that tonight going against the Brooklyn Nets. And, of course, the Brooklyn Nets have dropped two games In a row, two disappointing games. You know that they're going to be hungry, especially with the fact that they lost to the Clippers unexpectedly on Saturday night. But the other thing that stands out is that the Brooklyn Nets are finally at full strength themselves. For the latter part of December, they were one of the hardest hit teams by COVID in the NBA. As a matter of fact, James Harden has only been back for four games and Kevin Durant has been back for two games. So at the end of the day, it's just straightforward and simple. The Grizzlies are going to be facing a team that, in the very rare case, that likely could have one, if not two, better players on the court than John Morant. That's nothing against John Morant. We're talking about Kevin Durant and James Harden, two of the best players in NBA history. And so that's no slight to jaw. It's just, you know, respecting who Durant and Harden are. And even though they missed a bit of time, Don't take that at all as an indication that they're not playing well. Durant scored 28 and 33 points in his two games back. Harden has scored more than 30 points in all of his four games back. And of course, we now know that Kyrie Irving is on his way back, though he won't be playing in tonight's game. But that's the big key for the Grizzlies, is that Harden and Durant are going to get theirs. Especially with the Grizzlies being without some of their better defensive talents, Harden and Durant are going to get theirs. You just you, you have to you have to know that going into this game in some way, shape, or form, Harden and Durant are going to get theirs. But the key for the Grizzlies, in my opinion, is that even without Kyle Anderson, even without um, Dylan Brooks, the Grizzlies still do have the size advantage. In my opinion, the thing is though is that the Nets are actually one or top five in terms of guarding in the arc and top five guarding beyond the three. The the Nets right now are in the top five of the league in terms of allowing the lowest opponents two-point field goal percentage and three-point field goal percentage. So the Grizzlies are going to have a tough time scoring no matter where they are looking to shoot. So they're going to have to put a priority, obviously, on high percentage shots. But I do think that one key that can stand out for the Grizzlies is making sure they themselves defend the paint well. Jaron Jackson Jr. and Steven Adams being big, big sources of difficulty for the Nets trying to get to the basket or find shots close to the rim because that's what the Grizzlies are going to have to do. The Nets obviously are a very good... Three are a very good three-point shooting team, potentially, and jump shot shooting team just because of the talents that they have, especially with Patty Mills and others supporting Kevin Durant and James Harden. But you're just going to have to pick your poison. At the end of the day, the Grizzlies do a very good job and have done a very good job over the past month defending the paint. Against the Nets, they're going to have to choose one or the other. They're either going to have to give out a lot of effort to go out to the three-point line and contest threes or they're going to have to pack the paint and make the Nets hopefully settle for as many low-percentage shots as possible. And in my opinion, you take care of the paint and then live with what happens on the outside. Because another big key for the Grizzlies in tonight's game is they're going to have to limit Harden, Durant, and others, but especially Harden. Getting into the lane and getting into the free throw line. That's been a huge source of success for Harden's numbers over his past four games since he's come back from health and safety protocols. His consistent ability to get to the line. He's always had that ability, but now he's showing once again just how dangerous he could be getting to the line. Durant and Harden are already arguably the toughest duo to stop in the NBA at the same time, but if you're allowing for them to potentially get to the line 25 or 30 times a game, that's just nearly impossible to beat. So not only are the Grizzlies going to have to defend the paint, but they're going to have to make it a very conscious effort not to allow Durant and Harden to get to the free throw line. Also, because you don't want Steven Adams and Jaron Jackson Jr. to get in the foul trouble, and then be out of the game, because then at that point, it's just going to become even tougher. So Durant, Harden, and others, they're going to put a lot of pressure on the Grizzlies' interior defense, especially whoever is guarding the paint. The Grizzlies are just going to have to stay as disciplined as possible to be able to find ways to make life as difficult as they can for Durant and Harden and others. But the way, a few of the kinks in the armor, a few of the weaknesses that the Grizzlies can exploit against the Nets play to their strengths. The Nets are 27th in the league in terms of opponent steals per game. They're one of the more steals-prone teams in the NBA. Defenses can find ways to create steals off of them. Of course, we know how opportunistic and successful the Grizzlies were turning defense into offense in December. The Nets also are a team that is susceptible to offensive rebounds. So Jaron, Brandon Clark, um, Killian Tilly, obviously Steven Adams, those players stepping up and getting second chance opportunities, but more importantly, converting them is going to be huge as well. So if the Grizzlies can simply play their style of game, producing in the paint, getting second chance opportunities and converting them and making defense turn into offense. The Grizzlies have a route to where they can win this game. It's going to be very tough, but to me, the big key is this, is that if jaw in vain, are able to score their 45 to 50 combined. If the Grizzlies can simply control the paint on both ends, they should be able to find a way to win. But a big key for the Grizzlies, especially Jaron Jackson Jr. and Steven Adams, is to try to foul as least as possible, not only because that will prevent a big aspect of Harden Durant's offense from being a go-to option for them, but also it'll keep the Grizzlies' best bodies on the court when they don't have as much depth to back them up. So it's going to be a tough task. I will be honest with you. It's going to be hard to say the Grizzlies are going to win this game against the Nets. If the Grizzlies can steal one of these next two games against the Nets or the Cavaliers, I consider that a huge win, especially if they can get Anthony Melton, Dylan Brooks, and so on back from health and safety protocols. It's going to be a tough task. Thankfully, we're going to get plenty of Grizzlies basketball this week to enjoy. But the key for the Grizzlies is just to stay healthy, stay disciplined, and hopefully if they are going to be able to hit some shots of their own and maybe see the Nets not have as much luck hitting jump shots, the Grizzlies can get a win tonight in Brooklyn. Of course, we'll be right back with you to talk about whatever new news comes from the Grizzlies when it comes to health and safety protocols, the game against the Nets, but also previewing the game against the Cavaliers tomorrow on the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. Enjoy the game. Go Grizzlies. And we'll talk to you again soon here on the Locked on Grizzlies podcast.